This is the Timepieces History Podcast, brought to you by Gudrun Lorette, the expert in using modern marketing methods for the traditional heritage sector. Each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past in around 10 minutes. And now, here's today's show. Hello and welcome to the Timepieces History Podcast. Today, we're looking at Margaret Beaufort, mother of Henry VII, sometimes also described as the mother of the Tudors. As always, I'd love to know what you think of these episodes, so please come and find me on Twitter, at Goodwin or leave me a comment on your audio player of choice. Alternatively, you can pop a message onto the relevant podcast page over at goodwinlorette.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes, useful links, and an episode transcript. No email address is required to access any of that. Margaret had a good start to her life. Her father was the first Duke of Somerset and grandson of John of Gaunt, the first Duke of Lancaster. Born in 1443 in Bletsoe Castle in Bedfordshire, she was her parents' only child, and at the time of her birth, her father Somerset was a key player in the court of Henry VI. Not long after a military expedition to France on behalf of his king, Somerset and Henry fell out. Accused of treason, he was banished from court and died soon afterwards, leaving his daughter in the care of her mother and her land and estates in the wardship of the first Duke of Suffolk. Suffolk arranged for his son, John de la Pole, to be married to Margaret when she was about two years old, and the boy was only a little older. However, the marriage was annulled not long after, when it was pointed out that the couple were closely related, their great-grandmothers were sisters. Margaret was also related to the king, as they shared a great-grandfather. Somerset's grandparents were unmarried, so all offspring were regarded as illegitimate. When Gaunt finally married his mistress, the Beaufort family were legitimised but banned from ascending the throne. This, no doubt, spurred Margaret's later ambitions. Not long after, Henry VI, who'd clearly forgiven all the Beauforts, made Margaret the ward of his half-brothers Jasper and Edmund Tudor, with the intention of marrying her to the latter. When she finally married Edward, she was 12 and he was 24. Some accounts, unsurprisingly, show that Margaret simply went along with this arrangement, but others seem to suggest that she was offered a choice between John de la Pole and Edmund. This seems unlikely, given her age and position, the fact that she was closely related to John and what we've already learned. Regardless, Margaret soon found herself a teenage mother and quickly a teenage widow, when Edmund died of the plague two months before his son, the future King Henry VII, was born. War of the Roses had just broken out, and the Lancastrian Edmund had been taken captive by the Yorkists. Margaret probably barely spent any time with her husband. Childbirth was difficult for the young and undersized Margaret, and it's likely that some damage occurred which prevented her from having subsequent children. As soon as she'd recovered from childbirth, her brother-in-law Jasper married her off to Sir Henry Stafford. They were also related, and a dispensation had to be granted before the second cousins could wed. Interestingly, some sources again suggest that Margaret was the instigator in choosing her husband. They were married quite happily for a decade and were sometimes able to visit the young Henry, still in the care of his uncle. The war was raging on, although it wasn't until 1461 that Margaret got involved. This time, the Yorkist Edward IV became king and decided that Henry should be put under the wardship of one of his own allies. At this time, it was wise for the Beauforts to try to stay close to the new king when Margaret's cousin Henry became friends with Edward. Unfortunately, Cousin Henry soon decided to go off and join the Lancastrians exiled in Scotland, and in 1464, an enraged King Edward IV blamed the rest of the family, embarking on a mission to punish them all. Margaret managed to effect a reconciliation, but the War of the Roses weren't over. 
1470, Henry VI managed to briefly regain the throne before Edward returned to unseat him. 1471, Margaret's third husband died in battle, fighting on Edward's side. Henry VI was murdered along with many of the Beauforts, and the young Henry, who had been fighting with his uncle Jasper, was forced to flee to Brittany. Margaret quickly arranged a marriage to Thomas Lord Stanley, member of a powerful family and a key member of Edward IV's court. She spent several years working to persuade Edward to allow her son to return home, but he died in 1483 before that could happen. Now this is when Margaret really got stuck in. Edward's son was crowned Edward V with his brother, so Edward V's uncle, which gets confusing, the Duke of Gloucester, ruling until the boy reached his majority. However, the Duke of Gloucester quickly declared the marriage of his brother Edward to Elizabeth Woodville invalid and their children illegitimate. And then he got himself crowned Richard III. Hope you're keeping up, it's very complicated. So Edward's two sons were banished to the Tower, where they may or may not have been murdered on the instruction of their uncle, depending on who you believe. But that is definitely a story for another time. However, we do know that Margaret conspired with the widow Woodville to have her son named Henry VII and to marry Edward IV's daughter, thereby uniting the Lancastrian and Yorkist thrones. The two women planned an uprising, with the Woodville supported by Henry and Jasper, who would come back from exile. The uprising failed, and as so many of her family were involved, I'm not going to mention them because they all seem to have the same names and it's already confusing enough, Margaret was lucky to get away with her life. Throughout all of these machinations, the inference is that Margaret was a driving force. She had arranged politically beneficial marriages for herself and was attempting to do the same for her son. She manipulated her third husband's relative, the Duke of Buckingham, into the failed uprising and worked to secure her fourth husband's position too. In 1485, Henry had managed to raise an army and travelled to England to confront Richard III, with the final decisive battle fought at Bosworth Field. Margaret may or may not have been instrumental in her husband Lord Stanley's decision not to respond to Richard summoning him to the battlefield, even though one of his sons was taken hostage by the king. Many of Stanley's relatives and supporters did join the battle, and Richard was under the impression that many of these men were on his side. Margaret, though, persuaded them to switch their allegiance to her son, a fact the king only learnt during the fight itself. Richard, as per tradition, had split his army into three, putting two sections under the command of two supposedly trusted generals. Henry, inexperienced in warfare, allowed the Duke of Oxford to take charge of his men, and they chose to stay closer together. Conditions were difficult, with some of Henry's men struggling to cross marshy ground. However, they quickly recovered and gained the upper hand. Richard urged one of those two trusted generals, Northumberland, to go and help, but he declined, either for personal reasons or because his troops couldn't get across a narrow ridge, depending on who you believe. Richard was keen to kill Henry himself, although he succeeded only in killing his standard bearer. Henry promptly dismounted from his horse and hid amongst his bodyguards. The king soon found himself separated from the majority of his troops and Margaret's stepson William Stanley went to help Henry. Outnumbered, Richard was soon on horse but refused to retreat. It's not certain who struck the fatal blow, but he was killed with a halberd or pull weapon, the force of which is thought to have driven his helmet into his skull. After Henry's victory, Margaret was made a countess and did secure Edward IV's daughter's hand in marriage for her son. She made sure she was on an almost equal footing with the new queen, although she wasn't simply handed power. She remained influential in court, though, and arranged the marriages of several of her grandchildren. When Henry VII's wife died, Margaret took over many of the queen's responsibilities, and when his eldest son, Arthur, died, she secured the rights of his second son, the future Henry VIII. And when Henry himself died some years later, his mother was executrix of his will. 
His new heir, Henry VIII, took advice from his grandmother in choosing his privy council, although Margaret died just two months after her son in 1509. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that wasn't too complicated. It's fairly confusing for me. Um, Please tune in next time and let me know what you thought of today's episode too. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.